Policies of Exclusion, Poverty, and Health, Stories from the Front. Compiled Introduction and Reports by Crystal Ocean. Copyright 2005, Wise Group. Episode 22. The Stories. Juanita. Method. Interview. My mother was Coast Salish. She had three children. Me, my sister who is four years older, and my brother who is two years younger. My mother had my sister with a man she later married. She found out afterwards he was gay. She met my father in Victoria. I don't know who my father is. As far as I know, he's Blackfoot. Once I was conceived, she hitchhiked to Alberta. A woman answered the door. Apparently he had a wife and children already. My mother met a non-native man next. He was a biker and into drinking, drugs, and partying. They had quite a wild relationship. My younger brother was born with him. So there's three of us with the same mother, different fathers. My mother settled in Victoria. When I was five years old, she committed suicide in a motel room. My younger brother and I were present and were the ones who actually found her. We remember that night like it was yesterday. We found her in the bathroom. There were no adults around. We remember playing with her rope. My older sister's father took her to live with him. My grandfather took me. My younger brother went to live with his father. So the three of us were separated immediately after my mother's death. Then there's this big four-year blackness where I don't remember anything. Suddenly I'm nine years old with my grandfather and I've had no connection with my sister or brother. My grandfather was a fisherman and always in and out of the home. His partner would beat me, hit me, kick me, and make me do a lot of the chores. I was like a little slave. I slept in a crib in a corner of the same room where my grandparents and uncle slept. I remember being in my room a lot. I was only allowed to come out to eat and to go outside at certain times, and to go to school. I remember in grade four being kept back at school and missing the bus. I had to walk home. I was almost home and this guy pulled up behind me and tried to get me into his car. He said, your daddy told me to come and pick you up. I looked at him, shook my head and said, no, I don't have a daddy. Then I ran home. I told them, but by the time they had gone to look, he had left. I was told I was a liar. They didn't believe me. There were different times in that house that I was abused by another of my aunts. One time she whipped me off a chair and started throwing me around the room. I went flying into the corner of the TV. I have a big scar on my head. She tried to clean it up and swore to me that if I told anybody I would get worse. A few days later I was with one of my uncles and it started bleeding. He asked what had happened. I told him that I fell. That's something I've recently begun to deal with through Weva. 
Different kinds of abuse went on in the home at different times. One of the uncles that lived in the home started sexually abusing me. I didn't know that it was wrong. We would go fishing and then he would get on top of me and stuff. He'd make me lay there. I didn't know. All of us slept in the same room as my grandfather and his partner. Seeing him on her, I thought it was something that you did. My uncle was doing that to me at the creek when I was nine, and I thought it was what you had to do. I've never told any of the family members. He told me not to tell anybody, of course. I had all these secrets. All these adults in my life were telling me, Don't tell. Don't tell. At different times when my grandfather and his partner were gone, other guys were at the house, and they were doing the same things to my older aunts. I was told to stay in the room and not come out. Being in my room and cleaning up, that was my life. And school. On my birthday, my grandfather was killed in a car accident. After he died, I went to live with my aunt and uncle up island. They had four children and brought me up from the age of nine. I consider them my mother and father. They worked full time and really tried hard to do things with us, bring us places, and buy us all our needs. There was affection. They would tell me they loved me and give me hugs. A few years later, my mother started to drink and became verbally and physically abusive to us and very strict. I was about thirteen when my biological sister reunited with me. She visited us off and on for about a year. She took her life when she was eighteen. She also hung herself in Victoria. Six months later, I was reunited with my brother. My mom got court access to him, but he stayed with us only for six or seven months. He told his social worker about the abuse that was going on in the home, and he was removed to another foster home. I was probably about fourteen or fifteen when my adoption into my family went through. I changed my name and changed bands. I was happy with that. When I was nineteen, I got into partying and met my boyfriend, who is not native. That created a lot of anger with my relatives. They were really hard on me, and my mother and I grew further apart. But I continued with my boyfriend, who is now my partner in life. When I lived with my boyfriend, we lived in a hotel above a bar. From there, I started working and earning my own money. I worked at that first job for three years. I also volunteered at the local boys and girls club and got a job as the after-school program coordinator. I juggled both jobs and for extra money would go fishing on the weekends. I was making a lot of money, but also partying in my off time. I also managed to squeeze in my ECE through homeschooling, which took me two years to complete. With my ECE, I applied at a safe home in Vancouver. I got hired right away. It was double the pay I'd been making. The only downside was that I was away from home for four days at a time. My partner still lived on the island, 
and so it was a strain on our relationship. I did that job for six years. In 1999, I had a miscarriage, went into depression, and had to go off work for a couple of months. In 2000, I became pregnant again. Until I was five months pregnant, I commuted back and forth between Vancouver and the island. My stress level went back up, and I developed high blood pressure, which required medication. I had to leave work and stay at home. My son was born in December. The partying stopped for me, but not for my partner. I left my partner when my son was five months old and moved into my uncle's home. My partner joined us a couple of months later. By this time, my employment insurance had run out and I had to go on social assistance. That meant scrimping and scraping to get by and surrendering my car. I cooked and cleaned and did meal preparation in return for rent. We moved into an apartment for about eight months. We really needed our own home because we had our two dogs. That was our downfall when we were looking for rental places. They wouldn't accept the dogs. We gave one dog to friends in another town. We had the other at a friend's in town, but that didn't work out and we had to give him up. The dogs were like our babies. We'd raised them since they were six weeks old and we carried them everywhere with us. It was heartbreaking to take one to the SPCA. He was my dog. I couldn't believe that I'd actually got rid of him. So I got through that stage. We turned to looking for a new place, and everywhere we looked, I ran into people who were prejudiced or had lots of attitude. It was getting frustrating. Anybody who has a status card can apply for native low-income housing. So that's what I did, and it has helped me a lot. We're still there, in the same townhouse. I was determined to get work, so I took all these little courses that social services was offering and sent my resume out all over the place. People would say they were interested in me, but then I would get there and I wasn't able to get employed. I have a lot of experience but I don't have a bachelor's or a master's degree. I was finding that quite a bit and was getting frustrated. I've always had a struggle with school, was put in special classes and made fun of because I was native. I still struggle with math and English. I'm not sure how I got to where I am because now I am a student at Malaspina taking First Nations child and youth care. I started school last September, and once I applied for that course, I was cut off welfare. They would not cover a two-year diploma program and told me to apply for a student loan. I did, and my application was accepted. I've also been approved for a banned living allowance. In April, I finished my first year of school, and over the summer I did three part-time jobs. My boyfriend cut back his hours so he could stay home with our son, who had been acting out. That's why we pulled him out of daycare in April. His behavior did a turnaround once Daddy was home. Now things are looking up, 
and I'm getting ready to go back to school in September. It's been very busy for me, and I've been exhausted, but I'm determined to get this one year done, and am thinking about doing third and fourth year. I try to go every week for counseling. I took the life skills program, and with it began my healing. I understand why I act the way I do. I'm trying to break the family cycle of abuse. My diet has become healthier over the past while. We try to stay within the four food groups, cut out the junk food, and eat more vegetables. I get my food at the local grocery store. I get fish, deer meat, and clams through my brother. Sometimes I have to go to the food bank and also get a Christmas food hamper. I use those resources when we really need them. I also participate in the Good Food Box program. I have a phone and a computer. I have a vehicle, which is a big bonus. If my partner takes the vehicle, we bus it. My relationship with my family is distant. My focus is my own family now. I also have family support in the valley and Victoria that I go to. I have a handful of close supportive friends and I'm happy with that. Ten years ago I was into the party life and physically I'd say I was a five on a scale of one to ten. Now I'm a 7.5. I do have high blood pressure and am on medication for that. My state of mind has changed. It's been up and down. I've had some stressful days and days when I've just wanted to cry and I don't know where that's coming from. I have a counselor through WAVA and she has been helping me a great deal. I have not seen a mental health professional. There is still that big blackness. I'm afraid of what will come up and I'm not sure if I'm ready to deal with it. I'm actually meeting my needs now. I'm setting boundaries and not caretaking the whole family anymore. I have to learn how to look after my own needs, which are always met last. I am working on developing some hobbies. I have no hobbies, but when I was younger, I liked to paint and do crafty things. I like to read, too. I like to listen to music. I spent a lot of time with my dogs before, going out for walks and taking them to the bush. Basically, my life is home, school, and work. I tried to get involved in a fitness program, but there was no motivation to keep going. I need to go to a place where there is a lot of support. So my goal is to try to get myself involved in a fitness activity again, and to walk more. My income has gone up and down, from having no children and good pay, to having a child and struggling with EI after having a paycheck. When I went on assistance, it was even more of a struggle. It was very stressful. I was afraid to ask for help and had to borrow things. I went to the thrift stores often. I remember wondering how people could survive on it, including myself. I'm still with my partner. My partner has been very supportive of me, and we've been together since 89. We've had a lot of bumps in the road. He has stayed by my side, and I have stayed by his side. I have been very supportive of him. He is from an alcoholic background. 
He still does drink, but it isn't as bad as it was before. Since he's had the connection with our son, he's slowed down a lot. He's more respectful, and he's more helpful around the house. Our relationship has actually been quite good and getting a lot stronger. I would like him also to get trained for a real job and be a role model for his son. My own focus is on school now and whether I want to be a child and youth care worker or a social worker. My goal is to finish my education and buy our own home where we could have a dog again. I want our son to see both of his parents having a good job and being role models and breaking the cycle of dysfunction. Once I have my diploma, I intend to work full-time on the island. I would like to help my people. I would like to continue to educate my son, and I would like to help those who are in need.